0: This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we'll uncover stories, ideas, routines, and expert information to help guide you on your ever evolving journey of good sex. We believe that through democratizing sexual wellness, we can shift cultural taboos and make way for authentic and limitless access to pleasure, joy, and connection to the body. hello everybody and welcome back to the bedside podcast i'm so excited to have amanda blair here today who is live from italy during this recording amanda is on her european summer tour before she officially moves out west which if you guys have been tuning in for a while have kind of like been with amanda and i through her progression of leaving new york city and ending up on the West Coast, so it's just really fun to have called her from Italy and chatted overseas. So today's quickie is all about red and green flags, specifically when it comes to sex. On this episode, we cover safer sex practices, what sexual boundaries can look like, communication in the bedroom. We also talk about our own sexual stories, where we've walked into red flags, and how we've also had many green flag scenarios. Plus, Amanda shares, energetics to look out for before jumping into bed with somebody, and how we can define good sex for ourselves. As a quick trigger warning, I want to make a note that we do touch on sexual assault in this episode. With that said, I hope that you love our conversation today. There's so much to take away, and let's get into it. Hi, welcome back to another quickie. I've got Amanda Blair here who is live from Italy at the moment. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to like do this quickies with you today, specifically on the topic of red and green flags in sex. We talk a lot about red and green flags, and I see that rhetoric being thrown around online within relationship dynamics, but I don't think we're like accustomed to. Knowing what red and green flags are specifically with sex, because those are shorter term dynamics sometimes. Sometimes we are having sex with the same person consistently, but especially when it's more like a one night stand or like a shorter relationship stint, it's harder to determine what those flags are. I also think we're just not used to talking about sex, even within a
1: relationship. I still know people that are like, oh... I haven't talked about this with anyone and I'm asking them a question about their sex life. So that puritanical part of our culture and religious part of our culture that has tainted the sex conversation, obviously we're starting to work out of that. And I feel like where you and I live or
0: where I used to live because I just left New York. Tell everybody about that. For anybody who's been listening, like a man has been manifesting this crazy So I am no longer a resident of New York City. I packed up my apartment.
1: It's currently in storage because I'm in Europe for the summer. I did not move to Europe, but I'm going to be moving to the Pacific Northwest, to Portland, Oregon. I'm so excited to be closer to family. But I feel like the coasts have a lot more progressive ideas about sex if you're in a big city. But even then, if you go into like deeper New York, we can run into that culture of shame around sex. So I don't think that many people understand their boundaries around sex.
0: I'm curious to know if you have any red flag stories around sex.
1: Of course I do. I have so many. When we were coming up with this topic, I think the one that stands out the most to me, and it's one that in the moment and at that time, I just had to be like, put that aside because I just couldn't process it and deal with it. And there was no language for it. So when I was 22, I was living with my partner at the time and he was really obsessed with anal sex. And I was always like, no, not into it. Don't want to have it. Not interested. It's going to be too painful. I have a hole right in front of there that works perfectly well. Let's just stick with that. I just felt too scared. And to be truthful, I didn't trust him enough because we had other issues in that regard and just who he was. He wasn't the person that I felt safe enough to be that vulnerable with. So the answer was always no. But he liked to talk about it during dirty talk, doing that to me. And I was always like, fine, we can talk about it. But just so you know, that's still a big no for me. So one evening we're at our friend's house, we're at a party, drinking and drunken He's in the bathroom and I go in there with him and I kind of had this moment where he had been feeling like a stranger, but in a sexy way. And I was like, I kind of want to like play this game. So I like walked into the bathroom and I was like, you feel like you're just a roommate or a friend tonight, not my boyfriend. And he was about to, is she starting a fight? And I was like, but no, like in a sexy way, let's play with this. And he was like, okay. So we start hooking up in the bathroom and I'm Bent over the sink and we're having sex. And he starts dirty talking about what he normally does about how he wants to have sex with me, have anal sex. And I'm like, yes, because I'm like, it's dirty talk. So we've established that we can talk about this, but it's a no. Well, this time he decides to shove his dick up my butt without my consent, knowing full well that I did not want to do it. No lube, no warm up. It was the most painful thing. I've ever experienced sexually. I screamed bloody murder. I immediately started bawling. It hurt so bad. And I was just like huddled in the corner crying. And he said, what? You said you wanted it and walked out. And nothing was ever said about it again. He never apologized. We never addressed it. I obviously had very low self-worth. But it wasn't until years later that I was like, oh, that was assault. So I think... The biggest red flag is someone trying to push past your boundaries and not taking no for an answer, or if a no has already been established and they're not seeking consent. Consent is 100% a newer conversation we've been having. The word consent never entered my sexual life until five years ago, even. So it wasn't something that we were discussing then. And during that time my life, in my 20s, it very much felt like I had to do what the guy wanted. Like it was very much for the man. My pleasure wasn't so much in
0: center focus. What about you? I had a circumstance where somebody was really weird about using a condom and that was like a pretty big non-negotiable for me. And they kept being like, really, really? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, okay, fine. And it's funny because it's like in hindsight, like I should have just stopped then and there. But like without that hindsight, I just was like, okay, like let's do this. And we both had been out drinking too. So it just wasn't like a good mix of level headedness. And he ended up slipping off the condom. Also, assault, ladies, and not just ladies. That's assault and i noticed and then i just was like gathered my things and left but i was just like what the hell i had never dealt with a scenario where someone was so not about it but it was a one-night stand i was like this is my non-negotiable i don't know you we have not debriefed our history in any sense so this is what i require doing so like to add a little red flag to kind of our (laughs) lists that we're building if they're not engaging in the safer sex practices that are your non-negotiables, that's a huge red flag. And it's not to say like, use a condom. This is up to you to decipher what a safer sex practice looks like.
1: Because we should also mention that there is no such thing as safe sex. There are many STDs and STIs that you can get with condoms and just through touching, skin-to-skin contact. So it's not like A condom protects you from everything and also they break and like pregnancy can happen, whatever. But it is safer and we are all worthy of feeling safe with who we're having sex with, no matter who they may be. If there's someone we really know or there's someone we don't really know, we are allowed to say, hey, my body, my choice, and this is how I want to treat it.
0: I know people have a hard time doing so, especially with people they don't know. It's hard in that moment sometimes to advocate for yourself. So what's your advice for people around that? I would set it up before. Even when a one-night stand is happening, you're like,
1: all right, we're flirting. Maybe we're making out. We know where this is going. We're inviting one another back to our houses. We're doing something, but we know where we're going. And I think having the conversation with someone before clothes start coming off, on route to wherever you should be having the sex mention, Hey, I want to use a condom and I don't want to have sex if we're not going to use a condom. So do you have a condom or I have a condom or we need to go stop and get condoms, but just bring it up. So it's in before it even happens. So they're aware because in the moment can be really tough because also clothes are off. So you're kind of like, well, I really want to do this. But I also heard something too recently that someone said that the clothes are off. So no one's going anywhere. So feel free to like really hold that boundary. That person, if they're being like, "Uh," they're not going to leave. They want to get some with you and they may be putting up a fight. And if so, by all means, feel free to kick them out. But I think people get worried about, especially women, being rejected. And like in that moment, you will not be rejected, but also question for yourself, if that's someone that you really want to have sex with, if they're really trying to push past a boundary. But I think for advice, trying to bring it up before you get to the part where clothes are coming off, just starting with that of like, Hey, I want to use condoms. I think also women, especially have your own fucking condoms. And have them readily available and have plenty. So bring them in your purse just in case you never know when it can come up. Have them in your house just so you are prepared. Don't expect the other person to have condoms. That's something that's really important to you, which good for you. Then it should be something that you are proactive about.
0: And I think too, like going back to your note on you don't owe anyone anything. I have a f- another funny story. This is less of a red flag, but like a moment where I was coming into my sexual confidence and was like, wait, I don't owe anybody anything. I was going out with a girlfriend of mine and we were like going to have a night on the town and we made a pact together being like, we're going home together tonight. We're a team and whatever happens, we're in this together. Hysterically enough, We stuck to it. What happened was we ended up having a threesome with somebody because someone started hitting on me and then we made it clear that we were a buddy system and then they started hitting on my friend I was with and then we both went to the bathroom to like have a quick debrief and I was like, is this happening? And we were like, this is happening. But we were like together though.
1: First of all, you are my hero. That's amazing. How was that experience? Because I have always felt like it would be too weird to have a threesome with a friend because I've always wanted to have a threesome, but I can't figure a configuration in which it would be like as hot as it is
0: in my head. We were at a sports bar and we ran into an MLB baseball player. And my friend and I are both very tall and he was really tall. And the friend I was with, too, is very, very in her sexuality. She's also bisexual. And it was just something where we were just like, let's go have fun. It has to be with such a specific person because you're right. Like, I'm not just going to turn to any of my girlfriends and be like, let's go have sex. (laughs) But I think it was just in the moment we were like, this guy is so gorgeous. Let's go have a wild night.
1: I bet that happens to that dude all the fucking time. That is wild. There is just some people that always find themselves
0: in threesomes. And I'm like, who are these people? And how do you get this magic rubbed off on you? The cherry on top is that we were out drinking. This guy ended up having like whiskey dick. He just couldn't finish, but we both had finished and then he didn't. And we both looked at each other and we were like, okay, we're done here. We got what we needed and he's like, well, where are you going? we were like, we had a great night. See ya, you know, and we just put our clothes on and waltzed out of the hotel room. And of course, we're making like the most hysterical like baseball jokes. And like we were just like having the funniest time together. But that was a moment full circle of being like, whoa, I am in charge here and I don't owe this stranger anything. We had a great interaction. Whether or not you finished is not really my problem at the end of the day. And we both had a good time. We were satisfied and ready to go. Just anatomy-wise, the
1: person receiving, there's only so long that you want to be receiving. Because that is a lot to receive. And it hurts after a while. Not even that long, to be honest. The most I want to be having penetrative sex is like 15 minutes fucking tops. So beyond that, I'm like, you got to take care of you at this point because this body is no longer receiving body needs a break. I remember in college. There was this trend, because I think guys were watching porn, that they felt they had to last for so long. And I didn't have the confidence back then to be like, please stop. And I would just be laying there for like what felt like eons, just like, I'm not enjoying this. This has been bad for a while. I don't like this at all. I have to pretend to like this. And it was awful. And everyone should just communicate what their threshold for receiving is, whoever is receiving, because it's a lot to receive.
0: I would agree. Any sort of penetration, you got to lube it up after a certain amount of time. And if not, even that. Just like straight penetration is a lot. And if
1: any men listening are like, "Mm -hmm," I would love for you to get pegged and tell me how you feel about that. And let that go on for 45 minutes. And let's see how that feels for you. I bet it doesn't feel that good please write in and share how that went. So this story remind well, not your story, because your story is amazing, but just in this like pressuring and with condoms, I had a red flag story that I remembered. So this was like three years ago, I was getting to know a guy. And at this point I was very much in my worth and I was very much holding boundaries and stuff. And we had gone on a fourth date. This was still in the pandemic. So there wasn't really anywhere we could go, which typically, you know, have a boundary of like no houses. But at this point it was like, we want to keep hanging out. And like, what are we going to do? But I set the boundary and I was like, look, I would love to invite you back to my house, but I have a boundary. I do not want to have sex or oral sex or you finger me or like me give you a hand job. I want no sex of any kind. I would love to make out with you. And that's pretty much it. Some fun make out." Do you feel comfortable with that? Is that something that you can handle? Because if not, totally fine. We can just call it a night. And he was like, no, absolutely. Let's do that. So I was like, great. So we go back to my house and we were like hanging out, whatever, but we start making out and immediately his clothes come off and I'm like, whoa. And he's like trying to do all sorts. And I'm like, no. And he's like then trying to get me to do stuff to him. And I'm like, no. And so I stop and I'm like, hey, we need to stop. I told you that I had boundaries around this and I don't feel comfortable moving forward. And he was like, you're insecure. I was like, no, I'm not. I have boundaries. And I don't want to have any sort of sex with you because I don't know you yet. And he was like, we've been on four dates. And I was like, exactly. And he was like, I've never waited this long. And I was like, do you want a fucking trophy, bro? I don't care. What does that mean for me? I'm not comfortable. And eventually it was just like, you got to go. I'm not into this. This is not happening. So big red flag. If again, someone is trying to pressure you into doing something you're not willing to do. And you're always welcome to, even if I haven't prefaced before we even got close to my house of like, this is what I feel comfortable doing inside the house. Even if I hadn't prefaced that and we were just making out and I wanted to stop, you are always entitled to stop no matter where you are. And that other person needs to respect that. And if they don't, then they don't deserve to be doing that with you.
0: And I think like be the green flag of this situation is like, you know, if somebody is like respecting your boundary and your comfort levels and is appreciative of that, that's the major green flag.
1: Also, another major green flag piggybacking on that is someone who checks in. So if you're making out with someone and you've already set up a boundary or you even haven't, but they're fucking considerate. They're like, hey, how are you? Is this okay? How are you feeling? Want to go further? Totally cool if we don't. In Normal People, that Sally Rooney book show on Hulu, which is so good. Paul Mezcal, that is not how you say his last name, but I'm just going to go with it. His character, Connell, the first time he's hooking up with Miriam, she's like, let's have sex. And he's like, are you sure we can stop? Even though we're halfway, we can stop at any time. You can say no, like, are you sure? And he kept checking in with her. And I was like, yes. First of all, there's nothing hotter than that. Nothing will get my fucking panties off faster than that. And second, that is the biggest green flag. That lets you know, okay, this person is someone to trust. This person is someone that I can be safe with. Doesn't mean there needs to be anything bigger or deeper within that experience because someone can very much be doing that and just be a very respectful human who wants to have a one night stand with you. But wow, what an amazing
0: human for having a one night stand with. What I was going to say based off your story was you probably could have potentially ended up going further with that person that you took home had they actually had those check-ins with you because they would have been like look I understand you just said you only wanted to go so far would it be cool if I did this you'd say yes or no and whatever it is you would just respect that and be okay with that
1: well and you want someone who is tuned into you not just trying to get off like green flag attunement even if you are women, this really speaks directly to women. We have been so conditioned to be small, do whatever the guy wants. Sex is more about the guy. Like that has been so in our culture. And also that if we are sexually empowered, we're a slut. So I know when I was younger, it was really hard to speak up about sex. And it was really hard to speak up if I was uncomfortable if we were there in the house, it felt like, okay, well, I have to do this. I've talked to so many clients who have had sexual experiences where like, I didn't really want to, but I just felt like I had to. And if you're in that position, having someone who is attuning to you. So they're like, Hey, is this okay? Doesn't seem like it's okay. Even if you're not able to speak up, if they're able to go that extra mile and really tune in and be like, it feels like you don't want to be here. What's up? Major green
0: fact. Also just like major turn on to riff off that I do agree that specifically like in heteronormative sexual dynamics that is a position specifically women have been put in a lot but I don't want to discredit any like queer sex or any other sort of dynamics that are happening cuz this is present throughout all sort of sexual dynamics I mean I can only speak to heteronormative because that's what I've had
1: the majority of but yes and I feel like my queer friends that I talk to what I'm hearing from them is that there's more communication in queer experiences, which is really beautiful. (laughs) And I wish that more heteronormative people could take that on. But yes, I'm sure there has also been many experiences in queer sex where there hasn't been enough communication and someone checking in. So yeah, one, I want to empower you to start doing that, but also green flag, finding partners who are going to check in with you.
0: I also want to say a few other things that I came up that might be more like yellow flags were if you're having sex with someone and they're weird about any sounds that go down, like queefing or like just like you're putting bodies together, weird things happen. So like any sort of judgment or weirdness, that's not a crazy red flag run out the door now, but it's more just like you don't have to put up with that. It's immature. I'm curious to ask you about the energetics behind a red flag situation. Like I know we've touched around certain things to look out for, but is there kind of like an overarching energetic? With red
1: flags, with sex, it depends. You know, if you're like running into the same red flag, you have someone who isn't seeking consent with you, or you have someone who isn't checking in with you who isn't wanting to communicate about it. I think that energetic would be you not feeling in charge of your body, perhaps you not feeling empowered by your body, you not feeling empowered by your sexuality, you using sex for intimacy, you're coming from wounding when you're
0: approaching sex versus coming from your worth when approaching sex. I've been in this circumstance many times where you're just like, I don't care who it is. I just have to get it right now. And I think a lot of people are like put their sexual empowerment and their orgasm or climax or pleasure in somebody else's hands because they think that somebody else holds that power. I have
1: always, even when I was disempowered, made sure that I did everything I could to get my orgasm. I was never like, it'll happen. No, I was like, I'm going to rub my clit so that I can get off. What am I here for? Even when I was like letting that ex-boyfriend like assault me and like not say anything about it, I was still like, I'm going to get mine. But I think that has so much to do with around, there's so much shame that we have about our bodies. Again, like taking it back to like puritanical and like Christian culture, that even if you weren't raised in that, home, that just permeated. And there was so much shame around bodies and sex and being sexual and not to mention if we bring LGBTQ into this, those experiences get shamed even more. If you have all of that shame, you don't feel comfortable speaking up and taking ownership and being like, no, this is what feels good for me or this doesn't feel good for me. And I think that's such a journey that we all go on to find empowerment in our bodies
0: and in our sexuality there's this whole curve when it comes to like sexual confidence it's not like we like come out of the womb sexually confident i mean some people do but like you said a lot of the like puritanical permeation that's been put into our culture whether or not you were raised around it it's like this crazy learning curve but it's interesting because i'm sure you can agree with this i'm now in a position where i'm like If there is one red flag, I'd rather go home and just use my vibrator. I don't need to have bad sex. Too old, thanks. I want
1: good sex. And I have really specific requirements for what is good sex to me. And I think I'm someone who emotional connection. I need to feel connected to that person in order for it to feel satisfying for me. Casual sex, it's just not that satisfying. My vibrator and my mind do a much better job. I don't require that any longer. I think I used to, because I was craving intimacy, I would go find someone to have sex with, but then hope that that would lead to intimacy. And now I know if I'm craving intimacy and I'm not dating someone or getting to know someone romantically, I go seek that in other ways. I go to my friendships and develop deeper intimacy with them, find deeper intimacy within myself or go get a massage. Like there's so many things that I do in order to keep that cup full that doesn't just rely on sex and romantic partnership because so often we don't understand that we're like, oh, I need to have sex, but we're actually seeking is intimacy because we'll go like have that experience. Then we're just left feeling
0: really empty after. And I hated that feeling of feeling empty. Or like walking home or whatever your journey is after being like, I just let myself down. It's not fun. I think you bring up such a good point, which is defining what good sex means to you because it's gonna mean something different to everybody. And then once you use that, that's your roadmap to what your green flags are. And then it easily points to what your red flags are. For me, good sex, it's different these days because I am in a longer term relationship, but like, especially when I was in my single era, like, The biggest thing for me was safer sex practices. They still are like a part of my routine now. But yeah, I just remember being like, no, I have these non-negotiables. And at this point, it's not worth it. I love that you respected your body enough and you had boundaries. You had enough
1: self-worth to like follow through on those. I think that's amazing. So many people don't. They want to do that, but it's really hard. I was someone who had a really hard time doing that because I had lower self-worth and I couldn't communicate, stand up for myself in that way. But also some other green flags that I think are really important. Someone who is open-minded about exploring your kinks, their kinks, and just different scenarios and different sexual experiences, open-mindedness and a willingness to explore and a desire to explore. There's just nothing sexier than that. It doesn't have to be super kinky, like even just being like, I want to try this different position or like you said you like this. Let's try that. Just that open mindedness is really beautiful. And I think the biggest green flag is communication. Someone who feels open and you can directly communicate with about sex because sex can get weird, not just bodily fluid and function wise, but also emotionally. And having someone who can ride that with you and like talk it out with you and not get weird and not shut down and not make a big deal out of it and not reject you for that or gaslight you about it. But is just willing to be like, yeah, let's talk about it.
0: Communication before, during, and after is the best. I would say also a couple green flags for me are like somebody who's actually listening and they're like attentive, they're attuning. And within that is also just like being aware and respectful of boundaries because that's also like listening. But I also thought a good one was that your pleasure is also their pleasure. Like when you're mutually excited about the other person's enjoyment, that's when you're like really co-creating something cool. So we've only shared
1: our red flag experiences. I want to share a green flag experience. last relationship I met him when we were both traveling Southeast Asia and we met and like headed off and just decided to like be in this relationship. And we had just the best sex ever. But one of the things that I loved so much, and it was the first time I experienced this. And I was 32 when I experienced this for the first time he was so generous and he wanted to please me more than he wanted to get off. And really put my pleasure first. So, for example, I'm very sexual. And so sometimes it can be hard for me to find someone that can match that with me because I like to have sex every day. What is your erotic blueprint? Energetic, sensual, kinky are like my top three. So, I love also green flag someone who loves foreplay and taking time. I love teasing. I want to make foreplay all night fucking long and then like have. 15 minutes of penetrative sex, but I want like the rest of the night to be foreplay. We had sex every day and it was definitely in the morning. We would sometimes have sex throughout the day, but definitely morning time always. And he would always roll over, kiss me and say, good morning, gorgeous. And then would go down on me for as long as I wanted until I was ready. And I was like, this is the only thing I'm ever getting ever again. Like I just felt so juicy and so open and so attracted to him and so connected to him because he always wanted to prioritize me in that way. And he really loved it. And there's nothing hotter than someone who is getting off on doing that, getting off on providing you with pleasure. Because if I'm really into someone, I feel the same when I'm going down on them. I love to do it. And he would even, if I wanted to go down on him, he would be like, Let me go down on you, or let's have sex because I like want to be like connected to you, and I feel disconnected if you're giving me head. And I was like, "Who are you?" But it was awesome. There was this one morning we woke up. He did the normal routine, but this time before going down on me, he said, "Do you want me to give you a full body massage?" And I was like, "Obviously." So he gave me a full body massage with oil, and then went down on me for like thirty minutes. And I was like, "I am a queen," and this is how I deserve to be treated. It was awesome. So green flag. Someone who prioritizes your pleasure and who gets pleasure from that.
0: I am obsessed with that story. Sometimes I'm just like,
1: man, whomever you end up with is a lucky, lucky person because that's the treatment they're going to be getting. And good for them. I enjoyed it for a long time and I'm glad someone else gets to enjoy it. That is just the best
0: story. So I have a very high bar now. I just don't want it if it's not that. I hope people listening are like, I should do that to someone in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Like, I hope people listening can also become people like that who are just givers.
1: We had the best time together. We had so much fun. And like starting our day off that way really made us both feel super connected, inspired, super juicy. My cup was overflowing full and granted I had filled it up and he was the overflow, but It was such a phenomenal time in my life because it was just so loving and it's really amazing to let yourself be loved like that and like receive that kind of attention to have that kind of flow between two people.
0: I kind of want to end on that note. Well, you have to share your green flag story for you. Hello. A green flag was... When I went into a sexual circumstance one time with a one night stand, the person immediately was like, When was the last time you got tested? I shared my information. They shared theirs. I was like, By the way, I recently had a cold sore on my mouth. So I am not gonna be going down on you and like I'm also like not really kiss you. Like this is a circumstance where like I can't do a lot because I'm trying to like Look out. And I thought I was going to get a rejection because I was like, I get it. But I just want to be really careful. Like I had an outbreak on my mouth a couple days ago. It's healed and it's not really as like the viral load isn't heavy, but I don't even want to play games. And they were like, that's fine. I'll just take the initiative here and we'll still have a great time. Like we'll just be really careful and make sure like there isn't possibility for any sort of error. And I was so blown away. Because I thought I was going to get a total rejection. I was like ready for it.
1: To be honest, someone being upfront like that on your end, that's such a green flag. That's so sexy. If you're like, hey, like this is what's going on. Cool. And it's like now we know parameters and like that's OK. Parameters are OK. Let's work within those parameters.
0: It's harder to have that when was the last time you got tested conversation with a one night stand. Like, I don't know. I'm very proud of that person for bringing that up. I was like, how emotionally mature of you? I'm really proud of that person for learning something. So I would say takeaways from this conversation are, first off, that there are amazing people out there who will hit all those green flags. They exist, so you don't need to settle or think that's all you can get. And then I would say, like, I loved what you said earlier, defining what good sex means for you and allowing that to be. And also take
1: your time to explore that. Explore your sexuality, what feels good for you and what doesn't. And I can say I know what good sex is to me because I had a lot of it and I allowed myself to experience what I didn't like. And I allowed myself to experience what I did like. I think we're also in a time, like, I know there's also conversation around relationships and sex and like timelines, if this is more for like hetero relationships, but sex has no consequence to anything relationship wise. So- you need to make sure you feel empowered. And I do encourage people to slow down the sex because I think we can lead with that. We can come from wounding with sex. We can be seeking intimacy, but giving sex instead and then expecting it back and then really hurting ourselves in that process. But if that is not happening and you're coming from a place of, you're just wanting to explore, that's a great fucking place to be. And that's how you learn. And it's okay to want to do that it's not bad. So explore, 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 explore. Great advice.
0: All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you loved it as much as we did and we'll catch you soon. Bye from Italy. Ciao. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to this week's episode. I always love having Amanda on. I already can't wait for our next conversation. This week's Q&A, let's get right into it. Someone wrote in and said that their current partner won't stop bringing up her exes. Every time it happens, I feel crushed. First and foremost... I think it is completely normal to bring up exes when you are in a new relationship with somebody if that conversation feels warranted. I don't think that we need to avoid the conversation because we're all adults here and for the most part, many of us have been in other relationship dynamics, whether sex was involved or not, with other people. So... I think just coming to the table and being mature about the fact that some people do have exes in their lives is just a reality. But I do have empathy for you, especially if you feel like your partner is bringing up that relationship dynamic, that former dynamic a lot. I can understand why that is making you feel crushed. So I think first and foremost, it's all about being honest about how you feel. Something as simple as, hey, listen, I've got to be really honest with you. Every time you bring up an ex, I feel crushed and it hurts me because X, Y, Z. And I think that's where you get to really insert your thought, belief, or feeling that you have behind it. And I think it's important to note that your partner might not realize that it's hurting you this much. So having that adult conversation around it to decide how to move forward is going to be really integral. Either you're going to decide that you don't bring up exes, or you might realize that you're less activated after having an honest conversation with them. Because they might say, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much I was bringing it up. Or, you know, you're right. I have been thinking a lot about former circumstances because XYZ, there might be a whole other reason why maybe lately they've been triggered to think about an X. So I think it's just really important and it is opening up a great discussion to get on the same page about something. And I would also say that (laughs) in lieu of our red and green flags conversation that we just had, you know, it's in your court to kind of decide you know, based off of their reaction, how that is going to help you moving forward, right? Because if they're not respecting the fact that it does make you feel crushed and they keep continuing to bring it up in kind of a malicious manner, that there's a little bit more there to potentially consider. So I would really... Like Amanda would say, look into the energetics of it and understand why maybe it's crushing you. So take some time to be introspective and then hear out your current partner about the situation. I hope that helps. Thanks guys for tuning into this week's episode. I will catch you next week. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to The Bedside Podcast. If you liked this episode and want to follow along with similar stories and interviews, be sure to check out our Instagram at TheBedside and TheBedside.co online. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and of course, share with your friends. It's the best way you can support us and our good sex mission. Thank you for listening.